Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City. Packer for Schumer. And I think, um, yeah, I think we're on to seeing a huge future for this young man. And I, and I think he's going to... I think he's going to have a huge following. If, if, if you look at the, the next generation, Verstappen, Leclerc, Alban, these are the guys. Russell, maybe when he gets a competitive drive, these are the guys to watch. Uh, they're going to be really good. And then we've got a whole new crop coming up uh, after them. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it's an interesting future. And, of course, you know, Vettel and Hamilton aren't going anywhere away anytime soon, nor is Ricardo. So Leclerc ahead of uh, Lewis Hamilton, Botas, Vettel, Albon. And so what about at the end there where Hamilton was catching Leclerc? Do you think that that was pace or do you think that was just the the timing and making it, you know, making sure that he had didn't use even a, a, a single thousandth of a, of a millimeter for rubber? towards the end or you think he was just uh, that Hamilton was actually catching him I, I totally think that Hamilton was catching him and I think you know given another three laps both of their tires would have been really I mean they were struggling there's um they were struggling for sure yeah. um yeah. but uh I think if you if there was four more laps yeah I think Hamilton would have been right there yeah especially with the traffic at the end yeah I agree he would have been right there uh he was in a different position at that point that I think he could have passed all the tire, you know, the uh, the pit sequence that went through set him up. If he could have got his DRS in two more laps, you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd been there. So confirmation from Formula One's Twitter account that uh, Lando Norris, driver of the day. Oh, uh, man, that's a horrible way to, to end what could have been your best race ever, finishing 11th instead of 5th. But he did get driver of the day. You weren't the only one, Jonathan, that thought he did a good job. It looks like Charles Leclerc second. And, you know, let's think about what Charles Leclerc did today is that he did everything right throughout the race. I mean, I know you jump out front, but there's so many things that could have happened. And, you know, let's not forget that Vettel was ahead of him a couple of times during this race. And, you know, it, I, I just think he did a great job today. And I don't argue with that, the, the fact that it was close voting between him and Lando Norris. Yeah, uh, I feel for Botas, uh, you know, I, again, you know, uh, in a good position, but, you know, the nearly man again, um, just, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, you know, 12 seconds, the difference uh, in the end between himself and um, Hamilton. And I don't know if that's tactics or or, or what, but, um, you know, you have to you have to question that uh, or at least look at it and go, why uh, is Hamilton 12 seconds up the road? Yeah. Same car, same pit stop strategy, roughly. Uh, Racing Point managed a double points finish. Stroll in the top 10. I'm really impressed with Racing Point this season. Uh Um, Well, given the fact that they've gone through a complete uh, 100%, you know, they've got new management. I mean, I know it's the same team, but I mean, they No, that's a big deal what happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, And they've been competitive uh, throughout both Perez and Stroll. Um, I, I was pretty harsh on Stroll. Um, but he's actually, 
um, holding his own. I mean, Perez is definitely much more his senior and much more um, experienced. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Sergio Perez. You know, he's been yeah. he's been around. Um, and um, Stroll actually holding his own, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to see him come up because you know we've we've kind of been giving him a hard time asking yeah. Dad how much longer. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I think he's coming around, and you know that could be stability of the team. It could be stability of the engineers. Everybody feeling like okay, we're we're okay. We're going to have our job next week, and let's let's yeah. get down to business. It just shows you the difference between Stroll's career and Gasly's career right now. You know, he's got that sort of warm, fuzzy feeling of being in a nurturing team. All right, Dad's running it, but that's still the good case. way to put it. Yeah, uh, and Gasly's, you know, in the harsh reality of make it or break it, Red Bull. You don't, you don't. If you don't cut it on Sunday, you're back to the B team, and if you don't cut it in the B team, you're going home. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Max Verstappen's crash at the beginning, and we we touched on it earlier in the pre-race and everything. But uh, Verstappen has been just phenomenal coming into this weekend, winning two of the last four. But then with this crash, with Raikkonen and you know, I, I was saying that I think that it is that it was Max's fault that he just expected Raikkonen to get out of the way, and Raikkonen's like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm on the racing line. I don't yeah, know for sure line. if he even saw him. You know, we don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I, I think I that's would, a big part. Yeah, I, I want. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Raikkonen saw him. But you're on a hiding to nothing on the inside there with 22 cars going into that first corner. I mean, if you're on the, if you're on the very inside, you, you, you know, two things can happen. What should have happened is that Verstappen should have pulled out of it and braked. Yeah. Uh, and realized he couldn't get round and that he was going to get punted. Uh, instead, he kept his foot in, thought he could be cheeky, take the inside line, get round early, uh, and everybody else would part the waves. Wrong, wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did and, not happen. And when they showed that replay from Max's view, he came in. And if you look at that, he's really in the blind spot of that mirror. Sure. All the way up into the point they collide. So, you know, I can't, I can't say Max is without it. He came into the blind spot. Just we do in traffic. It's our fault. He got clipped again as well as he came down the hill. I don't know by who, who, but that's what led him to lose that suspension and then led him to effectively hit the wall. at yeah. Eau Rouge. I just feel for those Dutch fans. Yeah. I mean, they're so loyal. They're so huge. I mean, it's massive, massive. I, I once, uh, and I know cause I've experienced it. I once, um, interviewed, uh, Jos, his dad, uh, leaving the track and and the and the fun thing we decided to do because we knew that his fans would be all over him was that I would leave in his rental car with him <laughs> and interview him, my cameraman in the back, and it was hilarious because we literally got in the car and the and and the the crowd surrounded the car getting autographs and I literally started the interview going pretty popular here, <laughs> aren't you, John? <laughs> but that's I mean it's been that way in other words, generationally wise. Yost the boss was just as Yost popular. the boss. Was just as popular, um, and he had none of the success, really, comparatively, that Max is having already. You know, we did not get a flying lap until lap six of this race because you remember Carlos Sainz went out at right after that. Yeah, it's because they had the safety car out; it was about to go in. Then they brought the safety car back out, so it took us six laps. So, plenty of excitement at the beginning of the lap. I mean, beginning of the race, but um, so I'm just looking through my race notes. Lap twenty-seven, Vettel team orders to let Leclerc pass. I mean, obviously, Leclerc was way faster at that point. But, but he's been faster all weekend. I mean, look yep. at the qualifying, point seven. I mean, I, you know, you, 
Was it? Was it? I mean, Vettel didn't argue. I mean, you know, Vettel said on the radio, "I'll let him buy next lap." I mean, there was no no yeah question. At that, but at that point, it was so clear he was so much faster. It was like, I mean, at one point, way over a second a lap. In fact, as high as two or three seconds. And the Not, making and breaking of that race actually was Vettel holding up Hamilton for as long as yep, he could. That is a really good point. Yeah. Because we watched that gap grow. It was it was probably about, I don't know, three and a half, four seconds, and it grew up to almost seven seconds. And yeah. that's pretty much where Hamilton held it for a long time until the last handful of laps. So, yeah. But uh, let's see. I was looking at my race. Albon passing Ricardo in 34. That was an interesting little spot there. And, oh, what about, I mean, we talked, touched on this, but lap 37, Grosjean was just all over the radio about needing new tires. Just, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan, you were saying earlier about you think that that's, I'm almost career hurting, but man, it was so well, frustrating. It's, it's, I mean, his position in the team is precarious at best. Gunter Steiner has been quite... Uh open uh, about how he's looking i mean for you know potentially another driver hulkenberg's now on the market um so that's an obvious connection um and grosjean frustrated as he is and i share it i mean magnuson should be just as frustrated but we didn't hear him uh screaming on the radio um maybe that's just the way it panned out but uh grosjean's i mean you know basically the the line was to grosjean Keep pushing. There's points up for grabs here, and he basically said, "Up you, uh, you know, because there's not, yeah. there's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm basically stuck in the water here." So, yeah, that was uh, that was ugly. So, all right, guys, any other um, any other thoughts? What about you, Les? I mean, any other favorite parts? What is your favorite part of the, today's race? Oh, honestly, just the uh, the strategy, watching the pit cycles go through with Ferrari and Mercedes co-mingled together at front. I'm, I'm loving it again that it just wasn't the pair of Mercedes out running away with it. Uh, Ricardo coming up through the back end. I liked seeing that again. Ricardo's then, done well at this course. But then what happened to Ricardo, man? He had, uh, I mean, they, they kept him out on his tires for how many laps? Way too many. I don't know how many laps, but man, that was, you know, was... and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, and it may be because I'm a Ricardo fan. I don't feel like he's getting a lot of media coverage, even during the race. So Daniel Ricardo? Yeah. He se- they seem to have kind of backed away from him. There's not been a lot. I he's mean, not in a Red Bull. The commentators aren't saying no, anything yeah. about him. Sure, but we've heard, you know, we've heard about the Renault guys. And so, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it just, it's I mean, just uh, natural uh, recurring, uh, what's happening during the race, because... You know, you're going to Hamilton's. I mean, uh, Ricardo's going to get his. Oh, I'm not going conspiracy theory here. Yeah, but I, yeah I'm yeah. just like you know, I just kind of feel like he's in a place. Is he expected to be doing better? And he's not. Uh, is it? But remember, he's coming into Renault to help settle and stabilize that team, and so I think he's got his hands full. And uh, from a driver's perspective. Well, Renault are definitely on the move. They fired Hulkenberg and uh, yeah. with no replacement uh, immediately. So I, I think they they are looking to change. Um, and I think it, uh, you know, and with Ocon, I think what's going to be really interesting uh, is putting Ocon in the car uh, with with uh, Ricardo. That's going to be a really, I mean, they they basically, you could argue now, Hey guys, we have two guys capable of winning a world title, uh, as they do with Vettel and, and Leclerc at Ferrari, uh, as they do with Verstappen. And I think now, after today's performance, Alban, 
Um, so what I'm saying is all of the top teams that are chasing Mercedes can now say we have a pairing that either one could win. And Man, that... uh, Red Bull's stockpiling. Yeah. And so what about Ocon? What about the pressure on him? You know, here everybody's been saying, oh, he's so fantastic. He's so fantastic. When he comes into in next year, there's going to be a lot of pressure to really perform at the well, highest level. And he's been test driving effectively or and helping manage uh, Hamilton and um, yeah. Botas. So... Uh, he's probably gained a lot of experience by being out of the car, uh, good and bad. But, um, you know, I think he'll be hungry. I think he'll be quick. I think he'll push Ricardo to the very limit. But he's the perfect guy, uh, I think, for, you know, for uh, Ocon to learn from because Ricardo, you know, doesn't give an inch um, and will probably be a good teammate to have. Uh, even in other words, he won't work against him. It won't be an Alonso-Hamilton relationship. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I, and I think he'll fight him all the way, but I think Ocon will now step into this, this new scene of being another challenger to both Verstappen, Albon and, um, Norris. Yeah. I, I like the fact that <coughs> Albon, cause you remember, I think they said, uh, Helmut Marko was one of the reasons for Gasly's demotion was that he wasn't pushing. He wasn't trying to push through the field. And man, Albon did exactly that today. So, oh, or, did hey, he? Uh, you know, and, and he may have just been hearing that exact same thing that I just said. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, man, you're not gonna, you know, you need to push, push, push. One thing I didn't know up until until uh, I was listening this weekend was that Albon uh, beat uh, Verstappen for the World Kart Championship years ago. Huh? Uh, I did not know that. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, they, they've all got a history, uh, yep. and, and they've all got uh, good pedigrees. But what a rise this kid! Uh, Alexander Orban, yeah. the, the, I mean, you know, and also we forget he's, I mean, he's Thai, but he's British. He was born in Britain. Uh, we'll claim him now. I mean, I mean, this guy <laughs> is coming up faster than, than Hamilton did. I mean, it's pretty imp- impressive. And again, today was pretty impressive. We, we claim to Mario Andretti. You yeah, can... yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, Mar- yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, immigrant? What immigrant? He's, 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 there, there's, he's, he's not an immigrant. He's, he's American. He's Mario. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, well, you know what? Let's we're right up, push up on a break. Let's go and take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about today's race, but we also got some other points we want to talk about. We want to talk about the new uh, the new schedule for next year, some of the new rules for 2021. Lots of stuff to talk about. Formula One. Listen to Speed City. Back after these messages. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at thecaddyaustin.com. Talk 1370, the right choice.
Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hey, we got a caller on the line right off the bat. Andy. Hey, Andy. How's it going, buddy? Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good. Second half. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to second half of the season. Good point. (laughs) Good point. Hey, what'd you think about today? I'm honestly a little gutted for Lando not getting P5. Yeah, that would happen. (laughs) Fire man, I know. Yeah. You know, it it almost feels like, you know, your football team loses at the, you know, with four seconds left on the clock. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. So you're a Cowboys fan too then? No, I'm Chicago, so Bears. Oh, well, good. Yeah. um, Sorry sorry for your loss ahead of the Packers game. Yeah, you can't say that without it. You can't say that without it. I think 52's got something to say about that. All right. We can have that debate later. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's horrible having that. I mean, he had driver of the day. It was just coasting to the win. And then on the last lap, uh, that was, yeah, that was horrible. Doesn't get any worse than that. What about the rest of the race? I mean, I actually thought a lot of the race was very, um, you know, kind of fascinating with a lot of good strategy up and down, you know, midfield battle. Again, that seems to be where all your overtaking really, really is. And and it was nice to see a, a battle at the front. And Ferrari didn't miss this. There, there probably wasn't a better track for them to get a win. And they got the win. So good for them. And it was good to see Leclerc get it. Yeah, I, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, let me throw this one at you. What about our own dear, dear American Haas team? What What is going on? Yeah. You know, it seems to me, and I've been kind of pondering this over the you know course of the break and other places, but um, it seems like they haven't figured out how to do the upgrades. Because you remember the first couple of years, they really haven't had upgrades. So they would build a good car and then would fade back. You know, this season it seems like they, well, they got some extra money into the budget with the rich energy deal. They thought they were going to be able to bring on track upgrades, and I think it's an art that they haven't learned yet. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. And 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 I was saying that uh, what they need is a, a, a wannabe uh, Adrian Newey to step up, uh, somebody who you know has those kind of potential skills to try and take a design uh concept uh, and take it to fruition uh, and maybe take a few risks because whatever they're doing at the moment with the tires ain't working yeah absolutely i mean i I think i've heard gunther steiner compare it to like uh, a burnt hamburger where like the outside is completely charred and the inside is raw so Mm, whatever it is they're not getting life out of these tires and it's got to be some sort of fundamental flaw yeah, and you heard Gunther say on the television broadcast, if you heard that today, he talked about how the car, there's just too much downforce. And that's what I think you were alluding to, Jonathan, aerodynamics, yeah. but too much downforce. And I'm wondering if, you know, I mean, it's such a, a mix. Is the downforce causing the tire problems, you know? Well, Spa, because of the sort of, you know, extremes of speed and uh, cornering and the G-forces really does test that mechanical issue. Uh, to its to its utmost, and that's why I think it was so evident today. What about Grosjean? Do you think he'll stick around? Yeah. You think I he'll think be allowed he's to stick around? Numbered. Yeah. So okay, would you put him? Would you put Hulkenberg in there, or what would you? Who would you put with Magnussen? I I actually think Hulkenberg probably the best choice of what, of who's out there now. I mean, a lot of the dominoes have fallen in terms of the silly season, so. I don't. You definitely don't want to have a, a brand new driver going into that car yet. Yeah, I agree. Not really ready for it. So you just that's bu- the problem. So you, yeah. you just build a wall uh, between the two drivers uh, in the <laughs> in the in the garage. You know, you, 
You don't have to see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but they keep seeing each other on track and don't seem to be best pleased with each other. Well, you know, then then you're going to have to. That's going to be on Gunther to manage it. Yeah, that's Whoa. the way that they're going to go. Yeah. Gee, they can't do it. <laughs> hey, Andy. So, looking for towards the next seasons and things. Uh, what what things do you think are going to have the biggest am- impact on what they're changing? Aerodynamics, uh, tire, wheel size. Uh, what are you thinking is the right thing for the next seasons? I am actually very encouraged by the fact that I'm seeing the ground effect be as played up as it is. Because if you can get rid of that wall of air between the two cars as one is following the other, um, you saw it very much on display today, even on a long track. It matters. You know, you get within two seconds, and it's a lot harder to get there without a DRS assistance. So I'm hoping that, you know, the ground effect kind of almost eliminates the need for something like a DRS so we see more pure passing. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, Just to kind of follow on from what we were just talking about, somebody's done – because Ask Crofty – David Croft does a a sort of Ask Crofty on uh, on Twitter on Sky Sports, and somebody said, hey, uh, should a Hulkenberg partner Kimmy at Alfa Romeo – and he said, yeah, that or Hasp, um, but I don't think we should lose uh, Hulkenberg from the grid yet. I, I don't know. Has Giovinazzi done so badly? I don't know. That's a good question. Other than putting it in the wall today, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen too much, you know, positive or negative from him. But, you know, that car is still kind of developing, too. Yep. Yeah, it's funny when you say that. I, I immediately was like, "Well, I don't know. He doesn't. He hasn't done anything really poorly until that happened today." And I didn't see. Did anybody see what happened? I, I I just saw it after the fact. Did you see Andy? All I saw was the one replay, and it was kind of in the middle of all of the last lap chaos. Where it looked like he just lost an edge. I, I don't know exactly what corner it was, but you know, and then ended up in the in the tire barriers. Well, it was a it yeah. Was a Rouge, you, wasn't it? you got something less? Go ahead. Oh no, no, I'm I'm with you on that. But uh, being Andy's calling in from the Chicago area, did you uh, did you by chance see the? Uh, I'm going to just call it a silly discussion of an F1 on a speedway. You think F1 should come to Chicago land? What are your thoughts around that goofy <laughs> topic? Chicago land, I think, is actually a little small for the, the just the Ross speed of an F1 car. If you're going to do an oval, it's got to be a place, and, and I know it, it gets a bad rap, but it, it, uh, a Pocono or an Indy or somewhere where the arrow can, where you can kind of undo some of the arrow bits that, that are currently on the cars. But don't, that, my point on the pre-show was that surely, though, that's the last thing F1 would do, given that they're trying to save costs here and redesigning the the you know, having a car specifically for only one race um, is just going to be a big cost factor, sure. I, I, I think avoid that. Make them take the car they run already. <laughs> have them flying off well, the, have, in all directions. You'd have to trim it down. I mean, you'd have to have some sort of almost like an ultra Monza wing configuration yeah. or something like that. Well, be, well I, we could just race I at Monza on the that, Oval. They've got one. It. There you go. <laughs> Few upgrades, Monza can't can't go can't go wrong. Yeah, I don't know, guys. That's uh... I can't take that conversation seriously about a speedway oval, but it certainly uh, it certainly was entertaining to to hear that brought up, and so that's why I say it. 
All right. Well, Andy, thanks, buddy. Uh, appreciate you calling in and um, enjoy the rest of the Formula One season. Yep. You guys uh, stay cool and talk to you soon. Yeah. Alrighty. See you next week. Stay cool. He must have watched the Austin weather. Yeah, not happening. I just not got back from in the Austin, Texas. Colorado elevation. Uh, Jonathan, I hear you're going next. Hey, so let's talk Where about uh, let's talk about the uh, the upcoming rule changes. We all had kind of threw stuff in our in our show notes here today, talking about that because Jonathan, you were you put in there about the uh, the for, the twenty twenty race format and qualification qualification format as well. Yeah, um, I well put it this way: uh, it seems that Formula One, certainly led by Ross Braun, is up for looking at um, playing with the schedule a little bit, having a race, maybe a qualification race on Saturday. I think that's good for TV audiences. Um, I do think that qualifying is great. Um, but would a qualification race? I, I, I mean, you know, uh, Indy aren't, aren't afraid to play with it and look at how good their qualifying situation is now with the fast six. Works every time. I love qualifying in Indy um, because the, there is some, the whole hour you were on tenter hooks as to who's going to do what. I mean, watching Dixon yesterday was brilliant. Um, you know, uh, and watching all the protagonists fall by the wayside and not make it. Uh, into the top six. So I love their format and they tried that and it's working for them. So why wouldn't Formula One try something different? And I like the idea of using the season like 2020 to experiment, uh, given that you've got such a major change for 21. I like this idea because, you know, we all don't want our technology to go away in Formula One. We, I mean, that's a lot of us that love right. this sport. That's what we love. It's it's the fastest car, the best technology, the best, the best, the best. But this is a way to bring some entertainment back into the sport without changing that technology at all. I like that, Jonathan. What do you think? I I, I do. I'm game for it. Let's uh, let's go. With so it. okay. So the idea being a qualification race. It's a Saturday race uh, after qualifying. Um, what else? Hmm. Idea wise. Well, you know, I'm thinking I, about la- other landmines. You know, water cannons. Water cannons. <laughs> from Besides the, the obvious mission. sprinklers. But, How about a yeah. Honda lawnmower race? There you go. We'll get <laughs> no that. No more. Can't adjust your idle. Well, what about what other series? <laughs> I'm not that idle. <laughs> what about other series? Let's think about what other series do that Formula One doesn't. Maybe there's something we could pull in from, you know, besides Indy. They just talked about any other series that do something different. I, I was I agree with Andy. I, 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 want, I want done with DRS ASAP, and I think the new wings will... I mean, they're saying that the reduction will be from a 50% uh, bad air to 10%, which does change the game. Yeah. Uh, but DRS, is, I think, stays a numbered. Uh, I, I, again, back to India. I like what Indy do because at least it's a competitive thing of a boost where you know the amount of – I mean, they do it in Indy Lights too. But you know the amount of boost they've got. They've got 120 seconds. It's when they use it, you can – you know, the comment. I also think it's it's important from a commentator's point of view, from my point of view or from any of us doing commentary, that, you know, when you don't know – I mean, Formula One suffers from that. You really don't know what the strategy is, whereas at least you, you're like, okay, he's got – 90 seconds of push to pass to go compared to the guy behind who's got 60 seconds. So, you know. It is so much better than DRS, isn't it? Yeah. It is so much better than DRS. That is DRS is just like like, like today on the camel straight. You you just like the guys. I mean, you're sitting ducks. Yeah. You know, and that's such an easy thing to implement. That's simple, simple, simple to implement. They've got, you know, they've got all the telemetry and everything. That's a no-brainer. I think that. 
you know, uh, why do you think Formula One hasn't done it? Is it is it series arrogance? I don't know. Why not? It, it's just because it's someone else's idea doesn't mean it's. It I shouldn't mean, use a few it. years ago, um, Bernie got all uptight about uh, qualifying, and they reinvented the wheel over qualifying, and it was a mess. It wasn't right. Uh, everybody complained, and they went back. Right. Um, so they so they were frightened. I think back then to tinker too much with it to because they they were aware that that you know that it was you know people were, were were complaining that the races were boring and all the rest of it and so yeah i mean formula 1 has suffered perennially with exactly that battle between technology and good sport um you know like you say the purists want to keep the technology that's what puts it apart from any other motorsport um and that's what why we like people like Adrian Dewey and we see these innovations which all do trickle down to our race car uh, to our road cars um but you know, uh, at the same time, we need it to be a sport. It needs to be competitive. Everybody gets excited about what happened in Austria. Everybody gets excited about, you know, a really good battle. Um, today's race was a, a strategy battle, and it's not for the, you know, it's not going to bring new fans in uh, yeah. a race like today. Yeah. All what right. About, well, let's uh, points in qualifying. Let's, let's let's talk to that after the break, and let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Talk 1370. Hi guys, I'm Agrojean from Hase Fontim, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. What you're listening to is Pink, who's going to be in Austin at the United States Grand Prix in 60 days. And Imagine Dragons, yep. Yep. Should be good. Alrighty. And that'll be the 100th Grand Prix for Max Max. Verstappen. Yeah. Amazing. There's a little Imagine Dragons for you. There you go. Yeah, it should be a good good lineup. Uh, obviously, Pink very popular. Uh, Magic Dragons um, get get the night rocking Friday and Saturday rather than Sunday. Um, yeah, they they moved to that a couple of years ago now. That's a good format, I think. Uh, let's see, boys. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about. By the way, I love the way Roman goes Speed City. Yeah, hey, we're, we'll have to edit that if he doesn't come back. To, you know what? Uh, I, I, or get him to I, get I, us, I, give I, us a I, new I, one. From Hase Fontim, and this is Speed City. Speed City. 
Speed City. <laughs> Not but as I good as what, Leno, but... No, but um, I do... I think Roman's getting a tough time of it. Um, I, I think he's a victim of circumstance, honestly. The, the car's not good. And and he is, you know, Magnussen's a quiet Dane. You know, sort of like, you know, watch yeah, his yeah. pulse. Steady. It's there. Steady. Um, Roman is is exactly that. He's a he's a Latin. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a Frenchman. He's he, he's re, you know, it's all on the yeah. sleeve. So um, I think you know. Yeah, it's a good point because you know every driver has they. You put a certain driver in a certain situation, they could be a world champion. And you take that same driver and put him in a different situation, he's a complete failure. To be honest, Hamilton, you know, when he gets flustered, when he gets you yeah, know, in a, I mean, you heard him on the radio last year. You know, when things weren't a hundred percent, he gets you know he gets pretty. Pretty he mad. does absolutely. You're absolutely right. Well, and yeah. Vettel, we've seen him pull apart. Yeah, I, you know, Max threw an f bomb this week during one of the free practice on on radio over something going on. It happens. Stresses the the competition, the the salaries these guys are being paid and expected to deliver on. And it's mm-hmm. a good point. Yes, sir. And well, let's um, let's unless you had something you wanted to talk about. And you wanted you you had mentioned something about the uh, the wind tunnel for 2021. Yeah, the wind tunnel is really interesting what they're doing because FIA is spending so much time in the wind tunnel. Previously, they've invested a lot into the CFD, the computational fluid dynamics. And what's so cool this time is now they are focusing so much in the wind tunnel. But another thing that they're doing differently is previously with the Formula One cars, the cars were 60% of size. This time, they are down to 50% of hmm. size. And so my thoughts are that they are looking more at the dirty air for the space behind the car to reduce the size of the, the scale of the car. That means in the same room, you're seeing more of the wind behind the car in that wind tunnel that you can work with, study, see what it's doing, which has been one of our points all along. You can't get up past that. Even in DRS, it's it's uh, turbulent. So anyway, I think that's a technical aspect that they're doing, dropping down the car another 10% to the 50%. Like I said, makes that wind tunnel, uh, makes their view a little larger in that manner. So that's awesome, I think. I think we'll get to that. You know, it's also helping them go through the the specs for the side pods and the rear wings uh, will probably stay pretty similar. There's not probably going to be too much change around that, but it allows them to do it in scale and by having that 10% smaller to see what those changes are doing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the design you've seen, there is a, a you can go on the, online and see the artist's impression of, of what they think the cars will generally look like. But the idea is that you will lose. Why Why this dirty air is so bad is that they've, they've worked so hard on getting the efficiency to the front front wings. That's why those wings are so complex, is that uh, effectively they're, they're using the air to to keep the um, front wheel, you know, to go to, to be as efficient over the front wheels as possible, and you might see in future the the, the a closure of more of the of the of the front wheels, uh, and like you said, we've already reducing the wing, the front wing, so that, that that comes down. But you might see the air effectively dissipated around the side of the car, so that it doesn't go where it's going right now, which is behind the car. Uh, and, and and effectively creating dirty air. So that was one of the, the the problems they're dealing with. Sure. And this is, you know, realize historically, the teams are going to look at the uh, the wind tunnel and the dynamics going on there 
to see how the downforce, how the wind affects the car itself, getting that wind to apply pressure on the car in, in certain places. FIA F1, uh, we're looking at what's happening behind the car. We want to promote the passing opportunity and not have dirty air behind it, which you might argue that maybe the teams do want dirty air behind them to protect themselves. Yeah, good point. You know, we haven't talked about it, but that was one of the big things that happened this year was the changing of the front wing. You touched on it, Jonathan, but, but the real difference is the way, you know, it's that outwash, I think is the phrase they call it, where the air going outside, you know, they put those big plates on the end of the front wings this year and, and made them less complicated. But I don't know, do we feel like that even made a difference this year? I mean, hard to tell. I, I, I don't think know. It was not, I, I, I think I, it's been a general improvement over the last few years, but not dramatically. Certainly not enough, nothing dramatic. Not yes. enough where you can stop DRS, clearly. I think uh, where, 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 yeah. where we're still using it. Yeah, I think we're headed in the right direction, uh, making considerations of the ground effects instead of downforce from the wings. I think that's really going to uh, clean up the air and promote a tighter race amongst uh, amongst the cars. Well, I know you've got to get out of here and get to the airport, Mr. Green. So I'm, before you gotta leave. Got to be places, baby. I, I want to put you, um, let's say Gene Haas calls you up. It, which he might. It's very possible. I'll take it. <laughs> as as is this the drive? Collect. It's a collect call. Or is he just giving me a free hat? <laughs> uh, he's, if he's seen you drive, then I'm, no. It's a cap. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, mayhem. Yeah, that's mayhem. That's the right word. So, <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> Two questions. Yes, sir. The driver, and if he asks you, what do I do about my driver, and then what do I do about my tire situation from a, you know, do I hire Adrian Newey? What do you do? Here's what I say, Gene, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Roman's just temperamental. He's still faster than Hulkenberg. Okay. Hulkenberg is a spent force, in my opinion, uh, in Formula 1. He's had, he's had 20 years to get a podium. He hasn't done it, um, and I don't. I mean, you know, he's clearly a good driver, but so is Grosjean. And Grosjean knows the system. Grosjean gave up his career, potentially. He's had a podium right here in Austin. Uh, right. Uh, and I still think he's a fast driver. I also think him and Magnussen are a good combination, and Magnussen's getting the better of him. But give Roman a Christmas off, hang out with his beautiful wife and his kids. He'll come back stronger and faster. And give him a better car. But And Haas, I, I would say, Gene... I hate to say this, but you, you are, you've come to the poker table. You're here in Vegas. You have sat at the table now for four years. You've played a few hands, but I'm afraid you've got to go back up to the bank and you've got to get some more chips, buddy, because, you know, um, or <laughs> get rid of Grosjean bringing Cole Custer from his Infinity team. No, that, 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 <laughs> Cole, if you're listening, why not? You just like his name. I do. It's just his name, Cole Custer. What a racing name. Um, but to uh, that's answer just going to lead to Custer's I, last I really stand. do think, honestly, keep the, keep the drivers, invest in a, uh, a young aerodynamist or poach one from the Ferrari setup, i.e. within the Ferrari, Ferrari organization. And I say that could be Alfa Romeo. It could be, you know, it could be anybody who is around that scene that can help. Uh, and yeah, as you said, learn, they need to probably do more with their own stuff, like invest more. They're a big company. You know, the, you talk about poaching one, getting somebody here. You know, when I talked to, when I interviewed Gunther Steiner earlier this year, uh, it was, you didn't call him Gene, did you? <laughs> no, I did not call Gene Gunther, 
Uh, We've got the way that around. connection. Uh, but I, when I talked to him, he was in North Carolina, and and he said it when I when I first picked up the phone. Uh, he he said, "Yeah, I'm I'm here in the states," and he sounded kind of proud and excited that that was. I just wonder if that's any. You know, if that's any draw, being able to be over here in the States, I don't know. Maybe it, it sounded like it was to Gunther. Maybe it would be to – I know I'm kind of grasping, but it, how else are you going to get a big, big name besides writing a big, big fat check or something to get a the you know top-notch aerodynamicist? So what are you saying, to be in the States? Yeah, I'm just saying, is that a perk? That's yeah. really what I'm saying. I mean, to work to in North Carolina at the ha- – and also, if you're – I mean, you got know, nothing funny. Yeah, I'm about to say, if, you, if, you're, if you're in your early 30s, which you've, you've really got to be – to be able to get a position like that, uh, and you're looking at motor racing as being your future. I mean, look at the options that Haas has got, and look what people like Andretti and and Ganassi are doing. They're spreading out into supercars, into NASCAR, into into Formula E. Uh, so if you are part of the Haas family, you've got NASCAR, which they are hugely successful in. You've got Formula One. Who knows what else they might try their hand at? Yeah, it's true. And are there any – can you think of anybody, any other big name that they might try to go after? I just don't know the the CFD guys. I don't know the aerodynamicists. I just don't know those. No, I don't, and it's fact, to be honest, for the second half of the season, it may well be worth trying to identify, uh, you know, a James Key-type uh, person, you know, um, some somebody who is in that world, but not – just a race, not a race engineer, somebody – Yeah, you're right. It's it's not an engineer. It's It's a leader. Yeah. And somebody that maybe they could bring their own team, you know. I think it liken it to and before, NFL or whatever. yeah. And before I throw under the bus, whoever's in that position at the moment, yeah, I know <laughs> it may be funding more more than anything else. Like I said, it, I, I mentioned the chips analogy. I mean, I think you know, unfortunately, Haas were uh, fighting above their weight last year and the year before, and now reality has stuck in. But they have a, a, a they have a specific problem to deal with. Everybody knows it. It was there again today. Spa just shows it up. They are having mechanical grip issues caused by aerodynamics to their car. Look at what McLaren have done in a year. They had a similar problem. It wasn't all engine problems, remember? Everybody said that. Yeah, they got the new engine a year ago, and it still didn't fix the problem. Right. So, you know. You know, you talk about hurting anybody's feelings. You know what? I'm sorry. If you're not getting the job done... I know Gene Haas is well, that's an, why an American blaming... industrialist. He's not going to have a problem going, you didn't get the job done, you're out. I'm sorry. Well, that's why, you know, I think it's unfair to blame Grosjean. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, the car's clearly not good enough. And Grosjean, when, when the car's good, is up there fourth, fifth, sixth. I saw so, interview you. Go ahead. Les. Yeah, so we had somebody suggest start over with the car. Just scrap and build your own, Gene. Yeah. Uh, you know, the bring in his known entities, the known talent in building that car instead of adopting something and, and trying to make it work. Uh, that's obviously a big budget. So, so maybe the mantra is, Gene Genie, let yourself go. <laughs> just, yeah. oh, that was bad. Yeah, man, I don't know. But I, I do like the idea of, you know, some heads, heads may need to roll because it's, it's not working this year. All right, well, let's take... Our final break and come back to the last segment. You're listening to Speed City F1 live from Austin, Texas. Back to these messages.
At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company, born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, I saw the rebrand. I got to touch on the story that you brought up, Les, but I yeah. want you to talk about it. This rebranding of the Mexico Grand Prix to the Mexico City Grand Prix. You bet. What's going on there? What's going on there is a change of uh, kind of who is going to sponsor it. Uh, or who's going to endorse it? The uh, the current president of Mexico, Amo, they call him, uh, is not all that into these entertainment festivals, things of that nature. Uh, president Nieto, before was and thought it was a great way to show Mexico as a destination. Come party with us. Come hang on the beaches. Come see Mexico City's art and and that lifestyle. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of other things. And so the federal government stepped away from the Formula One race in Mexico City, and we're not going to invest anymore. Well, thankfully, Mexico City recognizes it, and much like Austin, there's a lot to it, and uh, there's a lot of benefit for the Mexico City region. And Mexico City was able to get together a collection of investors to keep it rolling, and so it's going to remain on the calendar. So... uh, you will notice some rebranding of it. You'll see the Mexico City Grand Prix instead of Mexico Grand Prix. They want to make sure they get the proper recognition for it in Mexico City. Oh, I wonder if my, our friend Tony Calderon, a speed group, uh, you know, he's so involved in yeah, everything down there in Mexico. We might have to check out with him. Or call up Bruce Knox. Get him on the there show. There you go. There he's, you go, Bruce. And Bruce, who used to be with Coda, is now with the Mexico City Grand Prix. That's right. Hey, this is a good segue, though. The, the F1 2020 calendar was released. and Mexico and the United States keep doing the old swaparoo. And so now Coda for 2020 is back in October and Mexico City's back into November. I really prefer the the later the better here in Austin because yeah. if they go back any further in October, we're going to have a track meltdown out here when the track temperatures are 150 degrees. But um, But yeah, that's just part of it because the big one is the fact that Vietnam... April 5th, and so it looks like the rest of the calendar, Australia, Bahrain, Vietnam, April 5th, and China, Netherlands, Spain, Monaco, everybody else looks to be in about the same place and ending up on November 29th. So wait a minute, that's about when they end this year. We've got one more race. Are we starting? 
Yeah, we're starting earlier, March 15th, because it's 15th. typically mm-hmm. the third week instead of the second week. So that's where that that's where that's coming in. So Yeah, and, and remember May 3rd, they threw in Zanfort. Yeah, uh, that's right. Of, that's right. Outside of Amsterdam. Yeah, of so, course. Uh, they popped in a couple more. Uh some of the discussion about how many races would be supported if yeah. uh, if we could. And there's a drastic cost difference in going up even just a couple of races for a team. Uh, you think about all of that and the distance and everything that comes in. Uh, absolutely, we'd like more races. I mean, I'd, I'd just about go year-round. But yeah. the uh, the cost Speak for involved in that is uh, quite substantial. They're talking about uh, they don't think they would want to go past 25 races a year. Man, 25. Wouldn't that be – I don't know why that seems just – crazy but i think uh you know potentially spread them out a little bit more uh you know going around the world having having things set up so that you know you can have have one race a month would be cool one or two races a month uh year round capitalizing on the uh the climate now what that does that impedes your ability to prepare for the next I season. don't know how you do that man I think yeah. there's got to be that off season there's yeah. too many They need the off season to deal with prepping for the next season the new car uh, all of those kind of things Yeah Hey we played in the in the pre-race show today a clip from Ross Brown but we have another little part of that and you had grabbed you'd found those 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 stories it was from uh, Sky Sports right Sky Sports uh they did great on this interview and it's with Russ Braun, uh, head of motorsports. And what is so cool about it is they asked him some questions, and he got the time to answer them. Uh, in the other show, you know, we talked about some of it, but in this show, it's in. We're gonna listen to him about changing the race weekend. All right. Well, let's hear from Ross Braun from Formula One. I'd like to see in twenty us try a few things. I think in 20, we've got a stable platform in terms of the cars. Things aren't changing that much. And I think 20 could be a good opportunity, perhaps at one or two races, to try some variations. And I don't see any other way that we logically progress the race format. I think the basic race format is good. But would a sprint race be interesting? Or would um, some variation in qualifying be interesting? And I think the teams are up for doing some variations uh, during a, a Saturday to see if we can touch on a, a better solution. If, if you're trying to reduce costs overall, why are the other powers that be then trying to increase the calendar? We're seeing to a, potentially a maximum of 25 races. That can't help things, can it? I was just talking, sorry, Ross, with regards to, you know, if we're, if we're looking at increasing the calendar, potentially 25 races, that's not going to help with cost reduction. No, I think what we are looking at, though, is the format over the weekend, what happens on a Friday? Yeah. I mean, we want the cars to run on a Friday, but is there a way of shortening the weekend uh, from an operational point of view for the teams? Because they all turn up on a Tuesday yeah. uh, or even a Monday to get ready. And if we could restrict that, if we had a tighter park ferme, if we controlled the amount of time that a team was at the circuit, then we could shorten the operational uh, weekend for them and turn it into a, a three-day weekend. And and. Again, we remember when you would turn up on a Thursday afternoon and everyone would, would get there, put the cars in the garage and go racing. Now they turn up two or three days earlier because they, they want to get everything ready. Doesn't help the promoters, though, does it, that, potentially? 
Silverstone. The, people like the that promoters need the, the Friday running, yeah. don't they? The promoters need the yes. Friday income. No, I think Friday is important for promoters. It, it starts the weekend off, but could we have two sessions on a Friday afternoon, for instance? Um, maybe slightly shorter sessions, and then that means the teams can prepare on a Friday morning. We could we cancel the disco. Yeah, Ross Braun, and that was from Sky Sports. You know, uh, you know, with his background, I love the ideas. I love it, and I love that he is, you know, throwing all these things out there. Saturday qualifying changes, Friday, whatever. Right, Get, right. Turn up, you know, whatever we can do to make this. I think add some points into that mix somewhere. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a caller on the line. We got to, oh, we got George from Virginia. Hey, George, how are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. What's going on? Um, very conflicted day. Um, yeah. We can let you know that it is, this is still a dangerous sport despite all the enhancements and safety protocols. Um, there's still anything by man can still be have feet. So um, I know you've gone over that. So, well, hey, look, uh, it's, you know, it, you're right. And any, we get complacent, I guess is the right word in our sport because it has been so safe, but. But you're right, man. It's been a it's an emotional day, and you can just feel it on social media. I mean, everybody. It was just a it was a complete gut kick when I heard the news. You know, after after F1 qualifying, I was like, oh my gosh, I just. I mean, I really we just don't have it like we used to. And you know, in the early days, we used to have so many deaths in motorsport, and thank well, God it's not that way anymore. I have a um, the kind of change because I know the top of hours coming. Um, as an American, I want to see an American team succeed. But as someone who's in business, the Haas business model ain't working. And my only remedy is if his pockets are deep enough, buy a GT2 team and let that be the Haas Toro Rosso. Huh. Specs from that team. They have everybody in the system there. They don't have to piecemeal together a team. And let, let that be like Haas B. And, you know, all the data they come and with the tech, not, you know, the tech people there who's already in place because they're in the system just at a lower level. Maybe that can, I know it's a GP2 and F1 is a different, still different levels, but I still think that maybe that's a, a way they can get out. I like this idea, cool. though. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You've got all the economies of scale that you've got in the Haas team, Haas organization that spreads out to NASCAR as well. Right. I mean, I know there's a lot of that's not the same, but still, you got. You've got you know people, administrative people, and all, and and of course the Haas F1 teams. You got all those economies of scale, and you know what, George? That's a really interesting idea because you can throw money at Formula One like crazy, right? Do you keep throwing it at the at the Haas F1 at team? Toyota. Yeah, yeah, interesting idea. I like this. I th I think we've got our team principal. <laughs> George has a good accent. He speaks well. <laughs> I don't know if I'll confuse him as Gene again, but. <laughs> well, yeah, George, that's an interesting thought. Uh, what about the race today? Um, it was a great race. Um, Leclerc deserved it. Um, it's good to see a, a Ferrari on the podium. I, I, I'm really pissed off from Norris, though. I wanted McLaren. I wanted to see his drive. That was sort of, oh, yeah. you know, for McLaren fans. I know that was a punch in the gut, but um, I enjoyed it. And I think, but I'm not. I'm not going to say Ferrari's back. But I'm really getting concerned now about Vettel. Yeah. I don't know if it's an equipment thing anymore. Yeah. Who knows? I. I think I. 
And to, he had a couple of good races leading up to this, and I thought maybe this this mental part of his game was uh, was better. But but I think you're right. Well, George, we're out of time, buddy. Thanks for tuning in today, man. We appreciate you listening. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Thanks, buddy. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And make sure you go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, because we do lots of motorsport. We do a regular weekly Sunday show. We Hang do on. our pre- and post-F1 show. Plan to get lots here before the USGP. We've got some cool stuff in the works. Yeah, we do. we got some cool stuff. All right, thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.